shotglassdigital.com. Geek Out Loud is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash geekout. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player of your choice. Audibletrial.com slash geekout. Help us out, guys. Come on. Come on, help us out. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, marriage. Marriage is what brings us together to die. Gulliver's Reads, The Princess Bride, on your safe place to geek out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out on these here internets. My name is Steve Glosson, and I am so glad to be along with you. It's a Goliverse Reads Book Club episode, and you know what that means. we got to bring in, uh, well, the co-host and father of all the Goliverse Reads shows and the book club itself... Bald Rod from up in Illinois, still stinging from that Cubby's loss, aren't you? No, it was rough. Yeah, I might have, I might have lost some money on that. Really? So you were going with the, uh, you were going with the old um, Back to the Future Two prediction, huh? Well, I am a lifetime Cub fan, and it's been a rough couple of years. And this year we weren't supposed to be that good, and mm-hmm. we were, and I was excited, and then I was not excited. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, though the thing is, it's like I, I've got another friend who lives up in North Georgia that's a Cubs fan and has always been a, a, a Cubs fan, you know, his whole life. And and his whole thing was, what a great last hundred games of the season. Oh, it and, was an amazing and second he was half. just like he was just like, this was a great season. It, you know, th- they went further than anyone expected to or wanted them to. And, and he was just like, thank you, Cubs, for a great season. because it Yeah, oh, oh, it was a fantastic season, and I was happy with it. But it was just like, wow, you know, I was on such a high. Yeah. You know, crash down. Well, you know what? So, so uh, back in the early '90s, when the Braves started to come around, they 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 were in last place before the break, and then they came around the horn and uh, went to the World Series for the first time in my lifetime. Um, and I just remember, you know, everyone caught the Braves fever around here and everything. And I thought about this fact: you can't do that in football. You can't. It, it's hard to go from worst to first in football because. The, such fewer games 
to be yeah, played. If you can lose one game and that's that's it. You know, baseball there's 162 games or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. it, it you can lose a couple games and still be all right. Yeah, well, exactly. So, I don't I'm you know what? I congratulations to you Cubs fans. I'm not a big baseball fan anymore. I fell out back in the 90s when they went on the strike in the 90s. And um and I was just like, okay, if you guys want to go on strike for not getting paid enough to play a, a game, that's fine. You know, now I kind of want to go on podcast strike because I feel like I don't, get, <laughs> I don't get paid enough to run my mouth. But, you know, that's fine. Well, well uh, we can turn that into another Patreon marathon. There you go. Well, we got Cure childhood cancer, and when you're done with that, I also have this Patreon over here you that's can donate. Right. Well, I was this great segue in because I do have a few announcements, uh, and I want to get those out of the way before we get much further on. Of course, January 23rd, mark it on your calendars, and... Um, and be here. Be here at Mixer.com slash Goliverse for our Cure Childhood Cancer Marathon on January 23rd. We started this last year on my birthday weekend, and we had such a good time. We hit our goal last year, $1,500. We're doubling that goal to 3000 this year, and um, I think it's going to be a great day. We're trying to work on a lot of special things for that day to make it worth your time to tune in uh, regularly throughout the day. We'll start that morning around 930 and uh, we'll go until we're done uh, that night, going through all the different shows in the Goldiverse. That includes Geek Out Loud, Rock Out Loud, Mark Out Loud, Disney Vault Talk. We'll probably throw Rebel Yell in there just for the heck of it. We'll still all be on a Star Wars high, or hopefully we'll still all be on a Star Wars high. Uh, we're going to have uh, Round 3 done live. The first ever live Round 3 will be happening um, on on that day, January 23rd. So... Looking forward to it. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a fun time. To uh, to raise money for Cure, you can find more information about them at curechildhoodcancer.org. Uh, and they're a great organization. We worked with them last year. We'll be working with them again this year for that. Uh, so that's January 23rd, 2016. Mark your calendars. Now, I have another announcement. It's a recent development. It just came about today, Rod. No breaking a news story music or theme? Uh, well I don't it, man if I had if I had that thing readily available I would totally I would. hit it I would hit Teresa's beep 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 um so but uh, we uh t- today I just uh booked uh hold on here we'll try this we'll see how this works breaking news <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Daniel and Andy for that great. <laughs> Teresa can be your ringtone, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Daniel and Andy strung it together. Um, he put that a might have to happen, actually. He put a link in the chat. So uh, November 19th, on November 19th, that's the Thursday before Thanksgiving. Uh, if you're in the South Georgia area, ladies and gentlemen, if you're within driving distance of Hazelhurst, Georgia, the, the city... <laughs> The gateway to success, as I, as I call it. Um, I will be doing uh, a live stand-up show at Mana Cafe and Eatery on the Douglas Highway in Hazelhurst on November 19th. It's an hour-long set and uh, good food, good drinks. They're not Well, they're not adult beverages, but they've got some great coffee and that sort of thing. So uh, if you can make it, if you're in the area, November 19th... Um, Come on by. We'll be there. Now, how and, much uh, notice do you need when I come down to Georgia? Just so I know. Like, do I need to call you when I get to like Kentucky? Or I mean, let me know if you, you know, maybe a day or two ahead of time so I can clean up for you. Okay. Well. So, yeah. 
Okay. Hazelhurst, Georgia, Mana Cafe and Eatery on the Douglas Highway in Hazelhurst. Yours truly doing a stand-up special. And uh, I don't know. I'm going to try to record it and see what we can get out there to the people. Um, It won't be one of those... uh, It won't be released as a podcast. Uh, It may be released over on Bandcamp. So just, um, just know that it, it, it may be available. So Thursday, November 19th. Anyhow, all right. Also, uh, really quickly, you heard, of course, we're sponsored by Audible. You can go to audibletrial.com slash geekout and uh, get your free trial and your free audio book there. It's a great service. I use it for a lot of these book club episodes. It's my it's my preferred way of reading these days, Rod. Oh, mine too. I, I just don't have the time to read like I'd want, but with Audible, I can at least listen on the go, listen while I work, listen while I drive, listen while I paint. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody listen, should have it. Yeah, yeah. And so I listen. I mean, I've got a about an hour round trip commute every day, and so, I, you know, I'll throw it in there, and and then though I'm working around the house, I'll have it in listening that sort of thing. So, um, what are you listening to now, Steve? Uh, I actually just got finished with Star Wars: Dark Disciple. I'd heard a lot about it, and so I wanted to check it out. It was uh, it, it was it was a story taken from a couple of story arcs of the Clone Wars that never got produced. And um, it follows the character Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Voss. It's pretty good. It was pretty good, I guess. I think I just downloaded that one, actually. Yeah. I haven't started it. It's, uh, it's good. It takes you back to that Clone Wars era. You know, we're all focused here to the Force Awakens. And so it's, it was nice. It was good. It was fun. It was fun. Um, you know, those aren't my favorite characters. But I listened, and it was great. It was good stuff. Good stuff. I'm trying to get out of the listening to a Star Wars book every time I download something. Like all of my suggestions are, you should try this Star Wars book. You should try this Star Wars. So, so if you've got any, if anyone's got some suggestions, of course, I guess we'd go to the book club, and uh, <laughs> that's what that's all for. But um, you know, I'm hoping that there were, there's been a few choices here and there that have gotten outvoted in the book club polls and stuff, Rod, that I was really hoping would get picked because they were completely off the beaten path for me, and it would have been something new, you know, something not quite in the wheelhouse, the Geek Out Loud wheelhouse, and I was kind of looking forward to checking out some of those things. Well, I know Nicole was really hoping that at some point we venture outside of sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think all of us kind of want to do that, so... um, you know, it's it's there was some there was one book that was like a mystery of some sort, and I'm like, well, that'll be fun. We can do that. And uh, but you know, alas, everyone's voting the geek stuff, which is fine. I mean, it's geek out loud for crying out loud. Yeah. So, um, also, uh, if you want to support us directly, you can do so by going to Patreon.com/slash/GeekOutLoud. We have a featured supporter for this episode, Rona Raman, Mistress of the Mystical Arts. Enough said. Rona Raman is our featured supporter here on Geek Out Loud this episode. And you can you can join the ranks of Ronan and all of the heroes of the Goloverse there in the Goloverse Wall of Fame by going to patreon.com slash geekoutloud and supporting uh, as you are comfortable with supporting. And we appreciate everyone so much, so very much who does that and so thankful. People have been asking about gold shirts. We've got them available at uh, geekoutonline.com slash shirts. We've got all kinds. It's a T Public store, so you can get you can get the color you want, you can get the cut you want, you can get uh, all kinds of stuff. There's a classic, there's a basic gold shirt, there's a uh, Mark Out Loud shirt, there's the Rock Out Loud um, 
a mixtape shirt. There's the Disney Vault Talk Baby Mushroom shirt. We're working on round three, and Rod has an idea for the Goldiverse Reads shirt. So we're yep, work- just trying to find an artist to draw. Working I on cannot. working on all these things. And uh, if you're an artist, please get in touch with me on Twitter. So uh, apparently, the waiting time is like two weeks. I think when you order. Uh, from T Public there, so geekoutonline.com/shirts. Geekoutonline.com/shirts. Now we have got all the plugging out of the way, and basically it was stalling so that we could get uh, we could get Nicole in on the line, and we're trying to call her right now and bring her in. This is what we call live production, and it'll be live to tape because I don't um, really edit um, that well. Fly. Yeah. So all right, so I believe she's on. So let me let let's let's do this properly, ladies and gentlemen. She's the mother of the Goldiverse, and a bad mother she is. What's up, Miss Jackson? Nothing much. How you doing? I'm doing good. Are you in a better mood this time than you were last time? Was I in a bad mood last time? No, no I'm sorry. That was two, sorry, that was two times ago. I, I'm two just, yeah, I, I'm still very scarred from that out of the silent planet dis- discussion. <laughs> I mean, if you don't mention that book and you don't mention a certain person, I'm fine. Well, here's the thing, though. I got lumped in with all your negativity on that book. Well, I guess somebody must be scared of me. If they don't <laughs> lump you, you know. <laughs> they're 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 hiding behind me. They're basically throwing darts at me, but they're meant for you, I believe. So. Well, you should tell that person, just be a man about it and just, come on, I can take it. Bring it! it. Bring it! I no. mean, I work at a county jail. Come on now. They, my nickname at work is Rambo. Oh, I'm Lord. pretty sure I can take it. Well, uh, I think that this has all of a sudden morphed into a Mark Allowed, and I, I'm liking it. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Nicole. I mean, you're... if I have to put somebody in a crippler crossface, then I will. I love her anyway. I just want to say that that drop works every time Nicole busts out a good one-liner. <laughs> Crippler crossface. Oh, that makes me I happy. Mean, yeah, and let's talk about the wrestler to which that refers to. We probably shouldn't. Not the not the best ending for one, but anyhow. Yeah, I know. But hey, if I'm going to go there, I'm going to go there. Yeah, I, and you went there. I mean, you went all the way. You did not pass go. Uh, you just went straight to it. It was crazy. I mean, you cut across the board. You cut across the free parking and everything to get there and, and drop the elbow on that line. So, um, anyhow, uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Hold on a second. People are asking about if Rod's the father and Nicole's the mom, does that make Steve their kid? No. I like what Sarah says. I think that makes him the lovable uncle. I'm kind of the grandfather of this whole thing, I think, sometimes. You just call me Papa. I love Papa? it when you call me Big Papa. Uh, <laughs> Papa? Oh, now you have new intro music. Papa, can you hear me? Uh, <laughs> hey, we're here to talk Princess Bride. Rod, you've read the entire thing. I have read the entire thing. Nicole, I guess I'm the only one. Nicole, how much did you read? Um, I am. Uh, where I'm at, where we're at. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I read some of it. I just got to a certain point, and then life happened. Mm-hmm. So you're not you don't have the animosity toward this book that you did others that we've read. Inconceivable. In, inconceivable. <laughs> I was wondering when the first one was going to happen. 
Um, well, I, uh, I've not read the book, but I have seen the movie and that's, and that's kind of where I want this discussion to go. And I told Rod this, that I didn't think I'd have a chance to read the book before we got to this episode. And I think it's great, Rod, that you've read it. I know other people in the audience have read it. You we're taking calls tonight later on for your discussions. Not write this number down, everybody, 912-386-4294. Or if you've got us on Skype, you can just hit me up on Skype and we'll bring you into the conversation. That number again, 912-386-4294. And when you uh when you when we get ready to talk with you guys. We will open it up and bring you in because I know so many of you have read the book as well as seen the movie, and uh, that's what a lot of people are talking about in their emails. Brian Beatty emailed in about this to uh, GolaverseReads at uh, gmail.com. He says, hey, Rod and Nicole. Hmm. And, and Steve. Hi. Well, open parentheses, <laughs> and you too, Steve, close parentheses. Oh. I'm done with this email right now. I get top billing, Brian. <laughs> I mean, excuse me for bringing my ego to the table. <laughs> but I get top billing here. Uh, he says, I just saw the live book club will be on Tuesday while I'm traveling for work, so I likely won't be able to call in or listen, but I still would like to chime in in some way. The first time I read this years ago, the misdirection and Morgan Stern stuff was distracting, but this go-around, I liked it more. The talk of his family adds a fun dynamic to the story, but I like the way it's presented in the film better. Speaking of which, I read the book only after seeing the movie a couple of times, and the movie remains one of my all-time favorites, so it's hard to objectively decide which is better. I have to say, though, that this is one of the very few examples where the movie might have actually improved the story. There's a lot that's already in the book, including most of the dialogue and even jokes, but the movie captures the spirit of the stories, the story and characters, and even cuts a bit of the extraneous parts, such as the scene with Buttercup's parents and the repetitive nature of the levels in the zoo of death. I think that's because Goldman's a screenwriter, and the book is written more like a screenplay than most novels. Plus, he adapted the book himself, which almost makes the book a rough draft in a way. All three of the initial, quote, villains are, instant, are instantly likable. Even Vizzini, who is never redeemed in any way like Fezzik and Inigo, and Inigo but still funny and endearing in a mean-spirited way. Humperdinck and Rugen are very are pretty similar in my feelings for them. They both end up being cowards at heart, refusing to face their respective opposers head-on. I guess I prefer Dugan in his cold, almost scientific approach, though. Wesley and Buttercup's love is pretty hard to believe, but in both works, you simply accept it and take it for granted. That might be the one area where this book is a bit stronger since it takes a little more time to talk about it and later a moment to at least question it. Picking a favorite line in the story is like saying, which of my kids I love the best. As I said, most of the best lines of the film are present in the book. Some of Max's and Valerie's great lines are missing, but Vizzini's never getting a land war rant is there, as is the I hate to kill you, I hate to die exchange between Wesley and Inigo. And of course, the inconceivable running gag, and I do not think, you, <laughs> I do not think that means what you think it means. I hope the show is going well and you're getting good discussion going and that my email didn't drag on too long. That's not an apology. And that's from Brian Beatty. So uh, Brian Brian is going ahead and he's he's opening up the movie versus the book discussion. Now, explain this to me, as someone who hasn't read the book, Rod. What is this Morgan Stern stuff? So basically, the whole thing is that there was a guy named Mer Morganston. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the first name. Steve, somebody help me in the chat. But anyway, that he had written the Princess Bride, but much like Moby Dick, it was full of nonsense that didn't need to be in there. And so his dad 
would read Goldman this book when he was younger, and his dad would basically take out all the boring stuff. Okay. And so he abridged the book, and it became it, it was a running gag throughout the entire book. At one point, there was even a sequel called Buttercup's Baby, and Goldman wanted to adapt Buttercup's Baby abridged, but then he got into a fight with the Morgenstern estate because they wanted Stephen King to do it, and he has to meet with Stephen King, and Stephen King's like, oh, you can do the first chapter. It, it was pretty good. I mean, there was a lot. You know, he talked about his wife that was a psychotherapist, and then his son. Well, it turns out, you know, that wasn't what his wife did. <laughs> and he didn't have a son. He had two daughters. I mean, he just made up all kinds of stuff. And I think there was even a talk about it in the Gold vs. Reads thread mm-hmm. that, you know, did you realize right away that this he was making all this up? Or did you th- and I, I didn't realize at first. It wasn't until later. I was like, oh, this is all fake. <laughs> Kudos, sir. So, Bought it all. So is, is that why... <laughs> Is that why in the movie you've got Columbo reading to Kevin Arnold? Yes. Okay. <laughs> is that? I mean, that's who it is. It's Columbo reading to Kevin Arnold. It yes. Is. He even does the when he gets up, he even does the patting around in his coat and almost does the one more thing kind of kind of situation. I just thought I was the only person that ever did that. When somebody asked, "Who is that person?" I don't know. That's that person. They were this in this show. I don't know the real name. Well, it's Peter something. And Kevin Arnold. What's his name? Peter. Fred Savage. I know Fred Savage. What's the yeah. other, what's, Here we go. What's Columbo's name? Hold on a second. Everyone should. Let me Google that for you. Well, let he's me. In, he, Andy's in the chat. Well, <laughs> hold on just a second. <laughs> I can't just pull up the drops on. I, I knew. I knew I should have just pulled it up and had it ready to go. Future let me Google that for you. Peter Falk. Peter Falk. I knew it was Peter something. So, did that come from the chat, or did you, or was that your Google food? That was my Google. I hear you, Nicole. Way to go, Nicole. Fast fingers over here. Well. I love her anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my new favorite bits. <laughs> love it. <laughs> um. Uh-huh. So so that so the stuff with him reading to Fred Savage kind of uh it replaces more the Morgenstern talk of his family and everything. Yeah. She does not get eaten by the eels at this time. Yeah, only it was uh I think it was sharks in the book if I remember correctly. Oh really? Not singing yeah. eels? Yes, not- it was sharks. I I just recently read that part. It's sharks. Okay. Were you nervous about that? No, no, because you knew she did not get eaten at this yeah. time. I'm looking, and there's like there's still 300 pages left. I'm pretty sure Buttercup's right. going to pull through this one. We're good. I to mean, go. there is a sequel called Buttercup's Baby, so if she didn't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buttercup's yeah. Baby is Wesley. What y'all talking about? As you <laughs> Spoiler wish. alert. She's like he's she's like come on Wesley. He's like as you wish. Um, <laughs> So anyhow, uh, we've got another email from Matthew Marks, and he's answering some of the questions that were put forward here. Uh, he does them in uh, order. He talks about uh, the Morgenstern stuff. He says, it didn't throw me off because I'd heard about the f- fictional frame narrative a few times before starting the book, so I didn't get fooled by the so-called historicity of the story. As someone who saw the movie multiple times growing up and multiple times as a grown-up, I was especially interested in material that was new to me, the scenes and sequences in the main story that were new, as well as the frame story and commentary. To quote a certain stormtrooper, I kind of liked it. Uh, as far as the Goldman relating stories of his wife and later ex-wife and their son, 
Uh, he said he wrapped his answers in the first uh, and second questions of, to the answer, so we'll skip that. Okay. Uh, he says, did you, sympathize, did you sympathize with the Spaniard, the Turk, and the Sicilian immediately, or did they grow on you? Which was your favorite of the group? He says, I love these characters from seeing them in the movie, so it was hard for me to have a fresh take on the characters when I read the book. I read their lines in my head as Mandy Patinkin, Andre the Giant, and Wallace Shawn. One detail in the frame narrative that was interesting to me was that Bill Goldman said he always thought Andre the Giant would be perfect for Fezzik, and he realized that he always pictured Andre the Giant when he heard the story as a child. That seemed a bit implausible because if you read closely, the characters are different, not to mention they would look and sound different since Fezzik is supposed to be Turkish and Andre is French. Inigo is my favorite, uh, probably because of how memorable his duel was with Wesley, and of course, he has arguably the most memorable line in the movie, Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Uh, he says, I watched the movie so many times before reading the book. Uh, that changed how I enjoyed the book. I wasn't able to read it fresh except for the scenes that were new to me, like the zoo of death and all the Buttercup's baby stuff. I enjoyed the book, but I think I would have enjoyed the main narrative more if I hadn't seen the movie so many times or even at all. That said, I might have been irritated, confused, or thrown off by the frame narrative in the introductory material if I hadn't been familiar with the story. Goldman seems to assume familiarity with the story when he writes the introduction. And then there's the matter of the ending, of the main story, not the Buttercup's baby stuff. I was pretty upset by the way the Morgan Stern version of the story ended. Goldsman Abridgment ends pretty similarly to the movies, except that Humperdinck is chasing the main characters as they ride off. But we're told not to worry because our heroes have a head start and that they're riding Humperdinck's white horses, which have been established as the fastest horses around. But then Goldman drops a bomb on us, dropped a bomb on you, and tells us when his grandpa told the story, he left out a paragraph that was along the lines of, but then Buttercup's horse threw a shoe and an ego's wound reopened and Wesley relapsed and fell unconscious. <laughs> wow, that's funny. Really? What kind of ending is that? Sure, the Buttercup's baby material tells us how they escape and everyone recovers, but as a fan of the film and being so attached to these characters... I felt compelled to tell myself that Humperdinck was still tied to a chair, and thus he was never chasing them. Everyone escaped and was fine, and no one ever kidnapped Buttercup's baby. Uh, he he uh, he he uh, weighs in. That's the word I was looking for there. Sorry. Wow, my words went away fast. Uh, on Humperdinck or Rugen as the better villain, he says, "I feel like they're both evil in their own ways." Humperdinck is obviously the main villain of the story. Rugen is, of course, murdered. Uh, of course, murdered Domingo Montoya and attacked a kid, but the, during the main story, he has more of a passive role. Sure, he tortures Wesley and enjoys inflicting pain as an academic passion, the sadist, but he doesn't seek Wesley out to use for his experiments. He simply uses him after Humperdinck catches him. Humperdinck, meanwhile, goes out of his way to engage in villainy, first arranging the kidnap and murder Buttercup in order to start a war, just for fun, then plotting to kill Buttercup himself. So I think Humperdinck wins. Uh, the believability of the love story... Realistic? Probably not. Believable? Absolutely. And that goes back to when I was first exposed to the story as a child. This is a fairy tale. Come, my love, I'll tell you a tale. That's, a, that's the song from the movie. Uh, and I absolutely believed in Wesley and Buttercup's love for each other because this is a fairy tale. Besides, it's true love. Two, and love. True love will follow you. Um... I lost my place. Do you think this happens every day? I think the love between Wesley and Buttercup is an ideal. If everyone loved like that, the world would be a better place. Are we really supposed to believe that someone would go through torture and death for the one he loved? Yes, he says. Look at the cross. His favorite one-liner, life is pain. Anyone who says differently is selling something. Interestingly enough, I'll most recognize this as a movie quote spoken by Wesley. It's said by Fezzik's mother in the book. 
but I still like the quote. Also, never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. And of course, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father, prepare to die. Also, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Also, we are men of action. Lies do not become us. Finally, as you wish. I hope the show goes well. I don't know if I'll be able to listen live or call in. And that's Matt Marks calling in or writing in. And then finally, uh, Rod, we have one from your friend. Yes, we do. Old Doc Zen himself. Doc Zen has contributed. He said, uh, I heard you needed an email and figure you won't be as mean to me as Kristen was with my review. Doubtful. Princess Bride was a good book, but I was very mad at the author about how he talked about his son and wife was almost ready to drop it and go get the original. Yes, I'm one of the dummies, though, that thought there was a real original Princess Ride. Don't hate me, Rod. <laughs> he got never. sucked in. He got sucked in. <laughs> oh, I did too. He's, don't hate me, Rod. I never would. Steve, you can continue to hate me. I would. I don't hate Doc. I think Doc is like the sweetest, kindest soul in the Goldiverse. Yeah, right. He is. <laughs> well... Doc, next time I guess you can tell Nicole she can continue to hate you. <laughs> For the rest, love the book. It's fast-paced and very entertaining. I laughed, I cried, I tweeted. So 8 out of 10. Well, there you go. Which, by the way, Steve, I'm sorry that it happened so quickly and I wasn't able to tell you, but the live tweet of Princess Bride was a good time for anybody that was there. Well, I was actually I was DJing a wedding that night, and I got in late and just, had just checked Twitter, and I saw it, and I'm like, oh, okay, well... This must be happening right now. It was right at the end of everything. So Yeah, we were at the wedding scene. And I, that was my first viewing of the movie, believe it or not. Really? Oh, that's right. You'd never seen it. Um, I actually read the book before. I think well, I'm probably one of three people now. And which, and, which you, and which do you prefer? You know, it's really hard to pick. I actually did enjoy the book a lot. And, of course, the movie was great. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there were just things in the book that explain more. Uh, one thing I thought was funny in the book was the reunion scene. Which I don't know if you, they didn't have it in the movie, obviously. But in the book, there was a scene where they first get together, and then he came, the, the, he said that the publishers objected to the, the scene that he wrote. So if you want to write to the publishers you, and try and get and request a copy of this scene, you can. And so people actually did write oh, a letter no. to him. And then they said that there was legal problems with the Morganston estate, and their lawyer, Kermit Shog, wouldn't well. let him do it. Not, not to be confused with Kermit the Frog. Yeah, Kermit Shog. That was the make fictional lawyer for the Morganston estate that he. Nice. <laughs> so apparently, Doc and I weren't the only two that was sucked, were sucked in, in to, by the fake the, to the fake story. Nice. Um, so overall thoughts, Nicole, on on what you've read of the book. So far, I am enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Glad it's not a science fiction book because I'm kind of sick of those. Mm -hmm. uh, well, hold but on. I am I, I movie. <laughs> I've seen plenty of times, so I missed the cue. What? What? When you <laughs> <laughs> you're all like, I'm glad it's not a science fiction book. I'm kind of tired of those. <laughs> but so far, I am enjoying it. Yeah. I always enjoyed the movie. Um, I would have uh, somebody gave some notice. I would have been involved in the Twitter thing too, but you know, people are hard headed. They don't listen to me. That's why we're getting the divorce. It w it was very spontaneous. I was surprised that my wife let me do it. 
Wow. All right. You're, you're in there, wife, or your real wife? Real wife. <laughs> I mean, if you guys don't just keep dropping the mic around here. <laughs> Jeez. Those things, those things will dent, guys. You got to be careful. I did um, get in trouble the entire time watching the movie, though. She's like, are you going to put your phone down and watch the movie? I was like, I'm doing both. <laughs> um, so, Rod, your thought, overall thoughts on the book and everything? Uh, like I said, I really enjoyed the book. There was a lot more backstory with Inigo and his dad and the whole forging of the six-fingered uh, sword. Mm-hmm. Um, Fezzik, the history of Fezzik being a wrestler or a fighter. It, I can't remember how big they said he was. I think he was like a hundred and some pounds, and when he was in kindergarten. Nice. So they didn't they didn't have as much on the Vicini, as I recall. I don't I don't think they did much of his backstory, but I, I really got a kick out of, it, especially when I figured out that it was all made up when he kept talking about his family and right the whole. St- I had to meet Stephen King, and he kept calling him Will. Or I mean, uh, Steve kept calling him Bill instead let me, of Will. <laughs> let me get let me get everything straight here on the fictional stuff. Real quick on the on the book, it's written by Goldman. William Goldman. Yes. Okay, and he writes the book. Who is the Morgan Stern then that he's talking about? Completely made up. And it's and this is a story that he was told. He's saying in the story that he was told this story by, by these his, people, and he abridged it to make it. Yeah, better. he said his dad used to read this book to him when he was a kid. Okay. And so he later went back and abridged it because that's what his dad always did. His dad would skip, you know, he'd talk about, and here's 80 pages where Morganson would talk about the trees because he'd become a nature enthusiast in his later life. <laughs> okay. It's like, I didn't think that was necessary, so I took that out. You know, there's right. like notes in the book. I got it. I got you then. Okay, see, I was, there were, all these names were getting thrown around, and and I got confused on all the on all the different names. Goldman yeah, is been, the actual author, and I see. I, I get the gag now. I see what he's doing, and 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 so Morgenstern was the original author of the story. Yeah, and and again, I'm, and all this is fictional. I get it. He was the original author of the story, and so Goldman was had this book read to him by his dad, who abridged it, and then he goes and reads the book and realizes it's boring. So he writes basically his dad's abridged parts. version. Okay, he calls gotcha. it the good parts. The good parts. Gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. I'm with you. Um, what is the zoo of death, Rod? Uh, basically, Humperdump had a whole zoo of creatures that he used to just hunt and kill because, of course, he's an evil person. Mm-hmm. So the zoo of death was all these different levels of various killer animals. And But they were dead? No, no. They oh. Basically, it was just he would keep all these dangerous animals down there and hunt them. Oh, okay. All right. So it wasn't like the... It wasn't like the room in Ace Ventura when Nature Calls with all the different trophies around the place. He was, and he's like, "This is a lovely room of death." No, no, it was just all, where he kept all his animals to, to kill. Yeah, I think the thing was he had to kill an animal a day. He felt like he had to kill something every day. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, old Humper Dump wasn't a nice guy. No, it doesn't sound like it at all. What's coming? Th- um, who's got some noise coming through? Turn your radio down. I'm hearing some Don't noise. Look. Turn your radio. Don't look at me. Down. Is that you, Nicole? Not me. I'm reading. Oh, what? (laughs) Why are you reading? (laughs) Well, jeez. What are you? What are you reading? I'm not done with the book, so I'm still reading. I mean, I don't want to call you out, Nicole, but it's kind of late for that. (laughs) 
Gee whiz. So, Rod, okay, in in the book, is it is it? I, I guess it's the same story though. Wesley and and Buttercup. Why would the why would the love not be believable? Because I believe they love each other. Because you're you're kind of told it's a more believable love story than Anakin and Padme. Let's be honest. Well, um, I think I put it when I posted the questions. Uh, hang on here. One benefit to the paper copy was discussion questions in the back. I shall now paraphrase them and call them my own. So that is one of the questions <laughs> that I paraphrased. Oh, so wait a minute. made my own. Wait, did yes. that's something that Goldman put in the book? Yeah, well, the publisher put there's a bunch of discussion questions in the back of the book. Nice. So nice. I didn't copy them verbatim, but, you know. I lifted some parts here and there. Okay, I'm with you. Nice, nice. Um, so, <clears throat> what was I asking you to, for to go? Oh, the, the love story situation. Uh, the book it was much more believable because it went into more about how he was always there, and she basically wasn't interested in any boys at all. Right. She, and she didn't really. It was funny in the book. She like she was the twentieth most beautiful girl in the world, and then at some point, you know, she starts doing her hair, and then she's moved up to eighteen. And nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wendy says she disagrees with you. Well, she's free to call in and she, disagree when when that time comes. Well, you know what? Uh, since Nicole's just going to sit there and read. Yeah. Um, now read the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Nicole, so good to have you on the show. Uh, no problem. Anytime. Thanks, thanks for participating. <laughs> thanks for your I try my best. Thanks I for try. your participatory nature. If you want to call in, the number is 912-386-4294, or you can go ahead and hit us up on Skype. We're just talking about the Princess Bride. Now, do you guys have a favorite quote from the books the book slash movie? Inconceivable. Think, yeah, I was gonna say I almost think that if we ask that question, we have to take the two main ones out. The okay. Inigo Montoya and the Inconceivable. All right, all right. Well, I've got one. Let's let's bring. We just talked about it. Let's bring her on in, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to uh, the Goldiverse Reads episode, Wendy Cooper. Wendy, you need your own theme music. Well, you can't make your own theme music. It's kind of rude. It's like picking your own nickname. Oh, I make my own theme music all the time. Oh. <laughs> but, you but you're your the Steve. Theme? I'm the Steve. That's right. <laughs> Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny. So, so I just totally disagree with Rod. Now, what about what? About the prince, about the love story. Okay, why do uh, you find it believable? Well, can I read a passage for you? Please, a reading, yes, do. Oh, a ahead. reading right. from *The Princess Bride* reading by William Goldman. Bride. What okay. page are we on, Wendy? Well, this is page one seventy. Turn in your hymnals, please. Um, <laughs> 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 uh. Unless your Bible doesn't isn't the same as my Bible, then forget it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, Wendy bringing in some church stuff going on now. All right. I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. Fine. Didn't you ever do that as a kid? What page is it? I don't know. It's on page 170 in mine. Yes. Well, it's on page whatever. Never mind. We all had to have the same Bible in school. <laughs> we all had to have the same one. Official version. So anyway, whenever Buttercup and Wesley come out of the fire swamp. Mm-hmm. I'll just give you a little background. Mm -hmm. And um, she says, uh, <laughs> she just drops him and says, you know, uh, I'd rather live than die. I admit it. And so he said, well, you know, you're talking about love, not about life. And she's like, I can live without love because, you know, she lived without love when she thought Wesley was dead. 
But then, so it's like how you just drop it like that. I don't know. I thought she was kind of a ditz anyway in the book. She's so ditzy in this book. It just makes me a little crazy. And then, um, here we go. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> From. <laughs> I'm just going to do a little do a little paragraph. Um, talking about Wesley. And he was glazed with fatigue. He had been bitten, cut, gone without rest, had assaulted the cliffs of insanity, and saved and taken lives. He had risked his world, and now it was walking away from him, hand in hand with a ruffian prince. And at that time, my heart just broke for Wesley because, you know, I don't know, whatever. Because Buttercup just left it so easily and just said, and she regretted it later, of course, but I don't know. And their love story Mm. And how he loved her oh so much And all the charms she did possess It's a terrible song. All right. (laughs) Well, at the same point, though, she kind of did it so that Wesley would live. Do you promise me you won't kill him? Yeah, but... So she's willing to lead a life of misery in order that her true love will live. Yeah, but she shouldn't have said then, I would rather live than die. I admit it. That is a direct quote, sir. Well, sometimes people lie, Wendy. <sighs> I don't think she was smart enough to lie. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so, so she's not... Well, I guess she wasn't that smart in the movie either. Well, yeah, but she... I don't know. I thought she was naive in the movie. Mm-hmm. But in the book, I don't know. She just seemed really... Oh, my gosh. Just like a... Well, dumb blonde, man. <laughs> well, I mean, and really... She comes across that way too, because we- I mean Wesley has come back. He's very, uh, he's he's a man of the world now. He has an understanding of of life in a much better way. It was his true love that kept him alive the whole time, you know. And then the the fact that the Dread Pirate Roberts turned the mantle over to him, um, and so and so when he comes back, she does. She seems very clueless about the whole thing, and. Um, yeah, she, and there she, was a point. There was a point in the book when it all, it all, her eyes were opened, and she saw what kind of a sob this guy was for mm-hmm, reals, yeah. and that you can't trust him. And then she got sad. <laughs> so. Oh, you said yeah. for reals, and that made me happy. For reals, I'm sorry. What? I don't know why that amused me. What? <laughs> but it did. Rod, you keep saying Humperdump. It's Humperdink, isn't it? I know. Humperdump is funny. I am I am well aware of this fact. All right, then I just ruined the joke, and I apologize. No, I, I was amazed that nobody had said anything sooner. I called it. I didn't want to be rude. I was doing it on when the live tweet. When you said it in yet. the chat. Yeah, I was doing it on the live tweet the other night. And so, well, and I just saw you do it in the chat here, the live chat at Mixer.com slash Goliverse, and I thought, maybe he's doing that on purpose. And I should Oh, I, I, I am. And I was like, it. is nobody noticing this? I noticed it. Not I a few have, people listen to me. I shouldn't have said anything. I'm sorry. I should have let the goat. No, I'm the, happy. I'm happy that somebody acknowledged it. Now I did comment in the. I commented in. Oh, Wendy said it in the chat. Okay, I I, I, I missed that. I'm sorry. Jesse Jesse said uh, Steve didn't want to be rude, but he did it anyway. That's true. That's story of my life. <laughs> story of my. I am a jerk, guys. I am. I'll admit it openly and freely. Welcome to the club, Steve. That's it. That doesn't there you go. That doesn't make it right. Now, in the movie that I thought was funnier, I thought the movie was funnier than the book, but I did read the book first. I mean, watch the movie first. I don't know if that clouded it. I don't think it did. I just thought 
that it was quicker and they cut things out to make it quicker. I think um, Brian Beatty talked about that in his email and I t completely agreed with his assessment of that situation. So, but some of the things were funny and that I, that weren't even in the book. And that was the, I don't know, the way that uh, Valerie did Humperdinck whenever she's taunting Max. Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Humperdinck. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> I just, because in the book it kind of lagged. So, I don't know. They that was my wife's favorite part of the movie. With Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Humperdinck. I like that. And whenever uh, Wesley starts coming back to life, um, after he takes the pill. Yeah. yeah. That whole that whole thing makes me laugh. I think that's my favorite part too. My see, other I, favorite part. See, I liked in the book a lot of times where they're like, "Oh, this was after the time of America, but before the time <laughs> of this." Right. Well, I had a joke, but Steve's not going to get it now because it's along that same lines. Because you know that Zoo of Death had the wheel of torture or whatever whatever level he was going to go on for the day, so they'd spin the wheel, and it made me think of you know. The round, the round three, three wheel. <laughs> nice. You know, and I was going to try to work that in, and it doesn't work if you haven't read the book, Steve. So I'm sorry. Dang, you killed the joke. I'm sorry, guys. Step all over it, man. I'm sorry. Step all over it. would be great. So, um, Wendy, anything else? Any other thoughts on the old Princess Bride? I have lots of thoughts on it, but I don't want to be a hog. So okay. I don't. Go right ahead, Wendy. <laughs> well, I do have some. I, I do have some fun facts. Uh-oh. I don't really have the fun facts queued up. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right, because it's not my fun facts. So that, that, that's Teresa's fun facts. So. But um, there was actually a Dread Pirate Roberts in the early 18th century. And he was considered the most successful pirate of all time. Hmm. And he was Bartholomew Roberts, or also known as Black Bart. So I thought that was interesting. Are you serious, Clark? I'm serious, Kent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm serious. Wow. I'm, I'm Man, serious. She just, patted, she just pounded on the desk. I didn't know that. I did, I'm, not, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pound on the desk. She was. She meant business. I she, talk with my hands, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I mean, that, that blows my mind that there was actually a Dread Pirate Roberts. Oh, stop. <laughs> I, no, I'm being dead serious right now. <laughs> well, I just looked it up. I thought it was funny. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Well, and I also, on the chat... I'm not on the channel. On the Twitter, I posted a picture of a 20-hand horse. Thing was huge. It was huge. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> the thing was amazing because I couldn't get my head around 20 hands. Um, so I had to look it up. It's just it, 10 people. It's just 10 people. <laughs> yeah. And also I posted a picture about this big giant bat. They've got them in Australia. They're like anywhere from three feet. I think the longest is like Four and a half feet. Oh, but you don't know because you weren't in the... Ugh, never mind that one, too. Well, that, well they, have, too. they have rodents of unusual size. Yeah, but that wasn't in there. It was in the zoo of death. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not getting one of those rodents as a pet either, by the way. <laughs> it's a lovely room of death. Yes, there we go. And uh, and my favorite, my favorite one-liner is you keep using that word. I don't think you... Know, I don't think it means what you think it means. So that is my favorite one because awesome. we use it all the time around here. Okay. Uh, I use that I can't sometimes. wait to come visit you guys. <laughs> you're going to be so dead bored. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're just going to be so bored. When are, when are you going to visit, Nicole? I'm shooting for January. Nice. All right. That would be cool. 
I also thought it was funny when they call her the queen of feculence. I don't know why I think that's funny. It's just funny to me. There's lots of things in here that I think is just funny, just for no other reason. That it just tickled me at the time. So, well, the whole fake history thing got me after I realized it was fake. At the time, I really believed it. Like there was a scene he wrote where he goes to the Morganson Museum to check out this guy's diary, and they won't. The guard won't let him in, and Stephen King calls and says, "No, he's fine. He can go in." And so they let him go in, and he reads the diary. And I'm thinking, man, this guy knows Stephen King. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Well, how does Stephen Whoops. King? How does Stephen King get keep getting brought up? Because apparently he became friends with Stephen King while they were fighting over who got to do the abridged version of Buttercup's Baby. Because the Morganston estate wanted Stephen King to do it, and and Goldman wanted to do it. Okay. That whole that whole history thing, I knew. I think I think they just told it. I think they just told it. He just did it that way to just show how ridiculous the whole thing was. Because you've got a, I don't know. I always kind of got the idea that they were Italian, kind of or. You know, Florinese. I don't know. I was thinking kind of Italian, and then oh, you've yeah. got Morgan Stern is the is, yeah. is the author, and then you've got you know Goldberg is the other author, and I don't know. I just thought that's just crazy, and the way he talked about his family ain't nobody gonna put that in print. Yeah, or, I don't think you would, not unless you wanted. Some trouble. people will. <laughs> well, they're already divorced. I mean, really. That's right. That's right. Well, I was really sad. His dad committed suicide when he was in high school. For reals. And it's like, oh, I'd like the made-up version better because it's not as sad. Oh, my gosh. So, I don't know. Y'all, the the real history and the fake history are getting very confusing to me as we talk about it. Okay. In real history? Yeah. Um... Mr. Goldman's dad really committed suicide. Well, you just brought it down. Thank yeah. You. yeah. Well, it, I was brought down because there was a, a line in there in his personal history where, where the dad says, Billy, and he never called me Billy, but I, and I hated it when people called me Billy, but I loved it when daddy called me Billy, you know, or oh. when the barber called me Billy. And I thought, oh, and then I find out, <laughs> geez, it never happened or probably never happened. I don't know if it never happened, but it just made me sad. Hey, Bartholomew Roberts is one of four pirates mentioned in in Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. Well, then there you go. Long John Silver says that the surgeon who amputated his legs was one of Robert's men. (laughs) See, he's the baddest. (laughs) He's the baddest dude around. Apparently, surgeon got thrown around a little more liberal back then. I don't know if I'd call a guy a surgeon that chops off a leg. It was a master surgeon, him that amputated me. (laughs) Yeah. Out of college, you know, Latin by the bucket. And what not? He was hanged like a dog, and the sun dried like the rest at Corso Castle. That was Robert's men, that was. And come to changing names of the ships, Royal Fortune, and so on. What kind of accent is that? I don't know. <laughs> Terrible one. Terrible. <laughs> so. oh. Well, what? and I also like that this book is Life is Not Fair. Yep. That, that's what the book is about, is life is not fair. And mm. I thought a good example of that was that the hero needs rescuing. So <laughs> that's kind of... And the dumb people save the day, you know, because poor Fezzik and Indigo aren't the brightest. <laughs> oh, Fezzik is really dumb in the book. I got four horses in case we got the lady. Hello, lady. <laughs> that's my favorite line of the whole movie. Hello, lady. <laughs> anyway, <so. laughs> 
So it, it, but, that, that, I thought that line, and I thought, yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly, it's not a love story. It's life ain't fair, Cause, hmm. which makes me laugh just because, well, that's what my daddy told me when I was a kid. Well, life not, ain't fair, baby doll. Life, <laughs> well, not only that, life is pain. Anyone who tells you differently is selling something. They're selling something. Yeah. So, all right. All right, Wendy. Well, thanks so much for calling in. It's always good to talk to you. Tell the Amen Corner we said hello. She came in and yelled "Con." Did you hear not hear her? No, I I tend to uh, <laughs> I tend I to block out all Star Trek references. <laughs> she did. She jumped in and said "Con." Get out of here. That's rude. Uh, well, no Star Wars for her. If that's how she's going to be. No Star Wars for her. That's right. Well, she's going anyway, so well, she didn't have a choice. Okay. All right. All right, Wendy. Thanks a lot. Bye. Talk to you soon. Hey, uh, that's Wendy Cooper calling in, and actually, the admiral was kind of ticked off earlier in the chat that that she didn't get in first. I saw that. Yeah. Hey, Steve, I want to I want to change real quick, please. Go. I want to go down a little side path here, please. Do you watch the comic book man on AMC? Uh, no, because I don't have the AMC. Okay. Well, they had a. Uh, it's all staged, of course. Yeah, nobody, yeah, yeah. Nobody walks in off the street with this, hey, I've got this $5,000 item I thought you might be interested in right, buying. Right. What? But, Get out of here. Yes, they do. You must live in a different neighborhood than I do. Hmm. But uh, they, they brought in a Darth Vader. Something about a double lightsaber? Said there's only like 22 of them in existence. Do you know what that was? A double, a Darth Vader double lightsaber? It had like a little thing that pulled out oh, of the lightsaber. Oh, the, tele- the telescoping lightsaber. Yeah, 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 yeah. The original Kenner, when they first started making those figures, those the, the the lightsabers in the first figures would come out of the arm. They had it so they'd slide, so you can make you know, so you can make it like it was extending, like a lightsaber does, like it was activating, like a light. And in the first ones, at the end of the lightsaber, the little tip you could actually pull on out and make it even longer. Yeah, and a guy had one of those oh, and was cool. trying to sell it to him. That's amazing. And he wanted way too much money. Yeah, well, Walt's kind of a cheapskate anyway. I listen to Tell Him Steve Dave, which is Walt and Brian from that show. I bet you that's a good one. Oh, they're, they're per- and, and they've got and Brian Quinn, Q from Impractical Jokers, is on with them. It is, it's one of my favorite podcasts I listen to. They're vulgar. It's not well, kid-friendly. Well, um, I've got a couple of those I listen to. But I do enjoy them. Um, so Alicia was just trying to call in again while you're talking about something completely different. So let's go ahead and add her to the group. Hello, Admiral. How come Wendy got in before me? Uh, she was just quicker on the draw. <laughs> I believe I outranged her. That's the wrong child, answer. That's why. Do what you oh, say? okay. What'd you Somewhere say, Andy is mad at both of you. What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Admiral, um... Listen, she's just quicker on the draw. You need to just add us on Skype. I don't think I'm in Skype. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then well, it's, and there then it's, you go. Yeah, and then it's just a click instead of a phone call. So, mm-hmm. Admiral, I'm going to assume because you are always actively involved in everything that happens in the Goliverse that you read the book. Uh, I have read the book, yes. Okay. Uh, I thought Rod needed some help with someone else that read the book. Okay, well, I mean, that's good. I'm glad. I, listen, I'm not against the reading of the book. I just didn't have time, and there wasn't an audiobook version available. Unless I got, unless Rod, we got tricked again, where the abridged literally is like a joke. Well, let's find out. You, uh, I'm, I'm on it. You, you keep going. Okay. 
Do because, what you're doing. Because again, you said that it was a bridge from the the the, the Kampfenheimer version. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Markenston? That, no, that's totally his name. Yeah, Kampfenheimer. Com- Kampfenheimer. <laughs> So, so book or movie, Admiral? I have to go movie, and and uh, I saw the movies first, and I have to say I was the Fred Savage character in real life. Really? If only because I didn't see the movie until I was in college. So I'm in college. There's a group of us talking, and, and somebody makes, like, a reference to Princess Bride, and I'm just looking at them, like, you know, glazed. like, I have no idea what they're talking about. Three guys, mind you, are, are telling me this, and they just look at me and go, you haven't seen The Princess Bride? And I go, I don't watch chick flicks. And then mm. they just like, it's not a chick flick. There's fencing and pirates and sword fights and magic. I, I, it's really the scene in the book where I'm like, I don't, is this a kissing book? Because I don't read kissing books. <laughs> nice. Uh. So it's just, it's just like in the movie. And then... uh don't don't feel bad, Rod, because I got fooled too. With the uh, whole fake story, with, with the book. But here's the thing that I noticed. So I have a hard copy edition, and then I have the Kindle edition. The hard copy I got in college after I saw the movie, and so just just like with Star Wars, when he has a new edition comes out, he adds more to it. So the stuff about going to the museum and Stephen King that wasn't even in the one that I read originally. So it's like there's like the twentieth you know, anniversary edition of the book, or the 25th and the 30th. So the one I started with, it started right off the bat with him at the pool, the swimming pool, and, you know, trying to find the book to get to his kid for his 10th birthday. And so that's, you know, it didn't even have the whole Stephen King belonging to a fictional country and, and, and using his name to get into the secret club. So that part wasn't even it. So it really did take me a while to figure out Starting to breach, and then and then this is before Google, so I'm I'm going to you know like Borders book and and you know haranguing the person. No, he says there's a British copy. Find me the British copy. <laughs> <sighs> nice. So he did give me, but I I do have to say I I do like the movie better. I think, and it's just it's just a great movie. And and in defense of Buttercup, I have to say because she she was getting a, a little bit of um. A little bit of a hard time was that I, uh, you know, I was like, oh, and she leaves Wesley. And then I think in the movie, it, it sums it up a little better than the book. Because in the movie, I believe, is when she says, you know, I thought you would, you know, I lived through your death once. I can't do that again. Hmm. So it's like she's just saying, like, you know, I can live in this, you know, loveless, horrible marriage for the rest of my life. As long as I know you're alive, I can live like that. It's okay. If you're dead, I'm dead too. I can't live with it. Yeah. Uh, so, and so, I think so, in the book, it, it doesn't says it, it. It doesn't say it as plainly as, as that, like it did in the movie. Okay. So, Admiral, are you siding with me then over Wendy in that argument? Is that yes? Is that, okay. I just want yes, to make sure. Yeah, I just wanted go. to get that on the record. So you don't think the love story is believable? No, she well, does. Well, I mean. Wait, Rod, I didn't think you thought the love story was... No, Wendy was the one that didn't think the love story was believable because she, Wendy believes that Buttercup just dumped him oh. just so she wouldn't have to die. Okay. 
And right. I said, no, she did it because she didn't want him to die. Oh, I yeah, that now. that was yeah, that was my whole thing. thing is that she's like, you know, I've I've lived if you know you could call it that with you being dead before, and I just can't do it again. And that's kind of thing like when they're saying, you know, and and um, how he was, uh, how Wesley was like able to make it through, and it's like, well, Wesley knew she was alive, and that's how he was able to make it through. You know, by all accounts, she thought he was dead, so it's kind of like, you know, I'm like, she gets a pass. <laughs> A storybook story But it's as real as the feelings I feel It's a terrible song. Um, it's, it is not catchy. No, not at all. It, it has no real rhythm. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. let me tell you something. Here's confession time from Glosson. The conversation we had with Wendy makes a lot more sense now then. Because, Rod, I thought you thought that it wasn't believable. And I thought Wendy was disagreeing with you on that point. And when she was making her point, I'm like, I don't really see where she's going here. She seems to be taking siding, up, siding with Rod. No, I, we, we were having a friendly debate. Well, now I get that. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know why I do this. I'm just an idiot. Let's just be <laughs> honest right now. about. Can we just talk Florida news or something? We, we all know that, Steve, but we love you regardless. I don't have music to when you drop the mic, Admiral. What what would you like your music to be? <laughs> what would you like your mic drop music to be, Admiral? I, I would like it to be a songs. sound. I would like it to be the sound of a mic actually dropping, like that hard echo, like you know that kind of noise as as the mic you know squeaks oh, and rolls away. And that's an echo. Okay. Feedback. Yeah, the feedback sound. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, no, Wendy suggested a Vader march. Yeah. That might be good <laughs> intro music for me, Wendy. That might be. That, <laughs> I, can, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, but the, but the other one was, and, and that was, uh, um, and that was like how I got introduced to Princess Bride was in college when a bunch of guys were telling me that I had to watch the most awesome movie ever. And, and it is to this day, I love that movie. I mean, mm-hmm. it is great. And I, I do love the book, too. And, and I think Rod pointed out one of the kind of bits that I like in the book where it's, you know, and this is this is before, or this was after fashion was invented, because fashion was always invented, you know, or this was before electricity, but after flush toilets, it's like, wait, how does that, that that's not how it works, and then he's like, and the editor says that's not how it works, but it is, everyone knows it's true. <laughs> well, um, I, I didn't see the movie until I was in college either. Now, I was in college long before you were, um, but... It was. It had been out on video for a while at that point, and people couldn't believe I hadn't seen it. Um, and and I immediately fell in love with it when I did finally watch it. This was, yeah, I think this this might have probably maybe my my first year in college because the second year is when we found out that my roommate had not seen Star Wars, and we made her watch like all six. Yeah. See, <laughs> in one night. And then it was 7 o'clock in the morning, and we're like, what the IHOP? We're all hungry, right? Yeah, IHOP sounds good. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is me showing my age. When I was in college, I was, I was well into college before they released the special edition. So, Yeah, I was, I was in college for the re-release of the first three. Right, right. So I, I was out of college by the time there were six movies. Well, well away from college. Not graduated college, by the way. When I'm filling out forms, I do have to check some college. <laughs> so, 
He was mostly college educated, mostly. No, 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 no. Nope. I sure am not mostly college. I'm mostly life educated. Kids, stay in school. Yeah. Are you stack boxes for a living and swing a paintbrush? Oh, sorry. I, I was trying to do the, the, the bit where a miracle, um, uh, the miracle man saying, like, now there's a couple stages of dead. There's mostly dead, and then there's dead, dead. He's mostly dead. <laughs> Oh, so he kind of explains it more in the in the book that way, because in the he's not dead; he's just mostly dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the book, there's a little, it's like there's three stages of dead. There's like kind of dead. There's mostly dead, and then there's dead, 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 dead's a little harder, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a little harder. Yeah, but the the other bit that uh, just just from this movie that just kind of happened in real life was so I have a brother and he's married. And so my sister-in-law's sister-in-law, uh, when uh, when my brother and sister-in-law got married, you know, we had the, the reception afterwards. And so my sister-in-law's sister-in-law was saying, you know, it would have been great. And then I'm just like, I'm like, what? She said, if when they got up to the vows that the minister had gone, now it is what gathered us here together. All right. Well, here's here's a true story. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Megan, yeah. I love you. Here's, here's <laughs> and then we started doing the movie. We're like, yes, love. True. Well, follow you. Here's a true story. Everyone, everyone knows Buck from the Big Honkin' Show, from the mm-hmm. old days of the Big Honkin' Show. I actually married Buck and his wife. I, I officiated their wedding. Have you apologized to her yet? No, she loves it. And uh, <laughs> and so as she got up there and they did the giving, they I didn't have to say anything. The father just kind of gave her away. It was all while the music played and everything. And as they're standing there before me, I just I solemnly look out across the crowd. It's I mean it's it's that moment you it's just like it. You can hear a pin drop, mm-hmm. and I just go, Mowage. <laughs> Mowage as what brings us together today. And everyone laughed. So Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, it happened. It happened. First wedding I ever did. The first words oh. I ever spoke at a wedding that I was performing. That happened. So, and I had the okay of the bride and groom. In fact, okay, so you didn't just drop it. Part, yeah. yeah, no, I didn't just drop it. We talked about it. I'm like, I'm going to do this, and she and and his wife was like, please do that, because I want it to be fun. We want to have a good time, and so it was fun. We had a good time. So all all criteria were met. Nicole, how's the book going? <laughs> All right. Good, good talk, Nicole. Nicole good talk. hasn't been eaten by the book at this time. No, I have not. I was distracted by a grandmother at this time. Oh, okay. All Is right. she trying to burn the house down again? No, no, she's not. No, no, that's not good. today. That's good. She's trying to flood the house today, but that's no. That's a story for a different podcast. Indeed. Sounds like a big honking show story. <laughs> so anyhow. Well, Admiral, it's always good to hear from you. It's always good to be on. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I kid you not, they brought some people around to our office and were introducing us, and I had them stop as I grabbed my iPod and pulled up the Star Wars music, and I played that sucker as they introduced me to them. Nice. Nice. Well, you know, it's all about your entrance music. It is, and I said I can guarantee you people will never forget me. That's right. <laughs> way to make it. Way to make an impression. That's what mm. I'm talking about. Admiral, thanks for calling in, and uh, we will talk to you again sooner than later. I hope. 
Okay. Have a good night, my friend. You too. See you all have a good weekend. Bye, right. Nicole. You Bye, Rod. Bye. I'm waving. Why aren't you waving back to me? I'm waving. I, I wiggled my fingers. I'm not waving. <laughs> we'll see you. All right, that's the Admiral Alicia Pettit calling in uh, with weighing in on her thoughts on the book and everything. If you want to weigh in, it's 912-386-4294. 912-386-4294. Or you can give us a call on the Skype. If you've got us on Skype, just hit us up. And uh, we'll have a lovely, lovely little discussion about where The we, Princess Bride. Where we confuse the book and the movie. Yeah. Well, and what's <laughs> real and what's not real. Hey, uh, I did find out, Ron, I did do a little bit of research along with the abridged version is really abridged and people hate it yeah yeah it's like two and a two hours or yeah, something like said that they, it said they cut out too much of it but rob reiner is the reader of said book yeah i i actually did you look on audible yeah 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 that's where i was looking uh oh uh oh something's going down gee whiz <laughs> we got a we got a call from the 618 618 area code hello hello Hey, Steve. It's Sarah. What's up, Sarah? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fabulous. Oh, she's so happy because she won the bet. Or I, I won the bet, but I think she kind of won the bet after all. <laughs> I kicked that bet out the door and ran it over with my car. Oh. That bet is so dead. Sarah, <laughs> I understand there was like six 12-packs of diet. Rod, I feel like you won, ultimately. <laughs> <laughs> it was great because I came home. I called my wife because like, it's raining here in Champaign. And I knew I was getting some deliveries from Amazon. So I said, hey, uh, make sure those packages are in. And she's like, yeah, we got a bunch of stuff from Office Depot. It's got some business name on there, but it's our address. I don't know what it is. You'll have to see when you get home. And I get home and it says Gulliver's Reads. It's like, nice. what is this? <laughs> and, then I see the return, and then I see the name on the return address. And I was like, oh, she wins. She got me. The joke is dead. <laughs> Check out the picture on Twitter. It's yep. quite phenomenal. I love your facial expressions and that. But I cannot even tell you the blood, sweat, and tears that I went through in order to fulfill that bet. It was ridiculous. Trying to find somebody that would deliver soda in the mail is like, I, I swear Congress has an easier time passing a bill. Than I had trying to get that stuff delivered. Well, I was just thinking, as much as it was, the shipping cost had to be phenomenal. Like, you should have gone on um, shipping wars or something and got a started a bidding <laughs> well, war. actually, part of the reason why he got so many is that when you bought a certain amount, the shipping was free. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. So I wanted to, like, crush it, but then I also had to add a couple more packs because I wanted that free shipping. It was ridiculous. Um, now, oh, I... I've pretty caffeinated right now, now guys I, i'm <laughs> yeah, sorry <laughs> guys i'm sorry you I was... will never be thirsty again well that's that actually is probably maybe a week and a half <laughs> oh my god now i you I, have a problem i've got a i've got a confession a to make Let's here can i can i get control of the show please um <laughs> i got go ahead i Steve. got a confession to make here i had a situation where i had to listen to a voicemail that just came through and uh so I did miss this. Sarah, did you confess as to where you got the address from? No, she is not. Um, today. Listen, I have a very, I have a very good spy network, and that's all I can say. All right, I but I just need it confirmed because mm -hmm. I, I don't want it to be thought that it was from me because I was on Rod's side the whole time through this. No, Steve, 
Listen, I told you I wouldn't tell him, so it's okay. I didn't know, but I didn't do it. Steven, That's... no, it's fine. It's fine. He doesn't <laughs> care. Seeds of discord. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, bye. By the way, it so... wasn't. It wasn't Steve. By the way, Sarah. Speaking of sending things in the mail, thank you so much for that cool magazine. Wasn't that the best? The pictures yeah. are amazing. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. It it was really neat. I like the way that it 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 pulled together a bunch of articles from like older magazine stuff that had done, and it's just a nice. It's a nice little conglomeration of all that stuff. I thought it was really, really cool. So yeah, well, I knew it had to be. It had to be sent to you because you were the only one that would appreciate it. I and, and so there you go. Appreciate it. I did. I'm talking about. I mentioned it on a on another show, of course. But uh, but since I got you, I wanted wanted to say thanks personally. Now, uh, book or movie, Sarah? Book or movie? Listen, I'm I'm firmly in both camps. I think the book and the movie worked well together. Good. Yeah. I think the book had more detail. Mm-hmm. So for me, I kind of enjoyed learning about physics and Inigo Montoya's backstories about really why he wants to kill this man and how much he loved his father and the whole story about making the sword and such. I thought that was really fascinating. Um, but I thought that they did a really good job of of marrying the two. There wasn't really anything in the movie that I was like, oh man, they missed this. They should have put this in. Um, the One thing I did like about the book, though, I really liked the the zoo of death and having the five levels. I thought that was a really interesting thing. And Steve, you should really read the book when you get the chance, because it was a really good one. But they, um, they have the different levels of the zoo. And, and as they were explaining earlier, like he goes in there every day and he fights an animal just to show like what an amazing hunter he is. And that's how he shows you the man or something like that. And the fifth level is where like, it was like the deadliest, whatever, like the big mama jamas were down on the fifth level and it was empty until Wesley got there. But my favorite part of the book is when Anigo Montoya and Fezzik have to go and get the, um, the man in black. And in the movie, it's just, he does the whole thing like, go what? Where'd you go? Okay. What happened? Am I still here? Yeah. Oh, good. Cause I haven't left. But anyway, <laughs> we're li- um, <laughs> Okay. Listen, I'm in Alabama. Maybe things are different in Alabama. It's just not as... I, I'm in Roll Tide country. I'm a little scared, actually. I had to lock the door. Well, as long as you're not... You're safe as long as you're not related to anybody. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so um, in the movie, he does that whole thing with like where he's like praying to his father to guide his sword, and then they hit the knot. Well, in the book, they, spoiler alert, by the way, in the book, there's actually two entrances. And there's one entrance that is, like, very obvious and unlocked, and that's where they go in. But there's a trap, like, on the third level where they go in this dark corridor, and they can't see anything, and they're all scared and such. And then all of a sudden, he's like, why are you hugging me so tightly? And ends up, it's like a boa constrictor python something or other that's, like, trying to kill them. And the way that Inigo Montoya, like, motivates Fezzik to get them out of this is he's like, oh, think of all the rhymes that we that I had to tell you. It was a really good one. And Fezzik cannot stand the idea of dying without knowing the rhymes. So he beats up the snake <laughs> and releases them. And he's like, what are the rhymes? And he's like, oh, I just had to tell you something. And then he's all mad at him because he's like, I wanted those rhymes. So it's funny. It was a really yeah. good time. Yeah, the fu- the funny thing is the movie actually makes Fezzik look much much smarter than the book does. Mm. Yeah, they really uh, did a number on him and on Buttercup. Like I, I kind of agree with Wendy; they make her sound like a big bitch, 
And I think part of that's because she's so young and she grows up a little bit through the book, but the movie makes her seem like a, a much more well-rounded person for sure. Nice. Well, I, 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 the book sounds, what it sounds like to me is that the movie experience, if you've read the book and if you like the book, the movie experience is not a disappointing one. No. Which, which is which probably, is as far wonderful. as when you're talking about an adaptation from page to screen, is probably one of the highest compliments you can give an adaptation, is that it's not disappointing, is that it's actually a really good companion piece to what you've read. Because so mm -hmm. often people are disappointed by those adaptations. Um, and I can't think of very many that really, really work when you're talking about adapting novels full on the screen. For I'll give a for example. My favorite Harry Potter novel was the fourth one, Goblet of Fire, and that was the most disappointing of the movies for me. Mm -hmm. All right. I'll give I, another example. I actually right. have... I'd like to give another example real quick. I really love the book Dune, and it the movie adaption just wasn't that good. Yeah, Rod did like the book Dune. <laughs> yeah, I actually read all of the Harry Potter books and then only watched like the first two or three movies, and then I was like, forget it. I'm not watching any more movies. The books are way better, so there's that part of it but but i love the princess bride this is actually one of the books that i was like really championing i wanted to do it because i'd never read the book this mm -hmm. is my first time reading the book but i love the movie so much and like the important thing to remember when we're talking about early when we were talking about believability is that this is a spoof on the classic fairy tale it's a very gentle and loving spoof, but it's still a spoof nonetheless so they take those characters and they exaggerate them to the point where it's like Buttercup could be any princess in any fairy tale book, and mm -hmm. Wesley could be any hero or princess in them. Um, but I think they did a really good job with that. Okay. But my final thought, yes. and then I promise I'll let somebody else talk. My, my, I think the best, um, I guess, revenge, I think is what it is, or threat that Wesley does to Humperdinck is when he talks about um, to the death, no, to the pain. And then he explains what to the pain is. Yes. That is so good. <laughs> I yes. love it every single time. And then, of course, I, I do like when he's like, I'm just, I'm paralyzed. I can't do it. And he's like, but maybe. And he stands up and just, I'm, yes. again, I'm going to the movie. And it's drop your sword. Oh, such a great moment. So good. Mm -hmm. So good. And then, like, he, he gets all tied up. And then he tries to take a step, and he's all like, "Woo!" He's like, "I knew it! I knew it! I knew it was picky." <laughs> <laughs> um, <So good. laughs> the uh, I, Sarah, thanks for calling in, and and thanks for the magazine. And I got to tell you, well played on the Diet Mountain Dew. Yes, well thank you, Sarah. <laughs> well played. You're welcome. All but right. the one thing I did learn is that never bet with Rod. Never, ever, ever. He will make you regret it forever. That's, I'm a very sore winner. That's <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye, Nicole. All right. See you. Have a good one, Sarah. Good night. Nicole, you, you with us over there? Everything She's okay? She's still reading. No, I'm not. I'm here. I'm okay. here. I kind of oh. tuned out when I heard Doom, but I'm back. Oh, no. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, I mean, come back swinging like that, like Rocky Balboa. Dang. I'm going to get that book in this club. That's what, Dune? <laughs> We've yeah. we've done Dune. It's what started the whole thing. Yeah, I think it's time to revisit it. No, I, mm -mm, not I veto it as the host. Listen, I know that, that when you that guys, hurt Steve. I know that when you guys get on here and you're doing your thing, that suddenly it's like Steve takes a backseat. I'm like the parentheses of this whole thing, but I am the host. I am Big Papa, 
and I'm going to veto it if you do that mess. <laughs> oh wow! So somebody better post that up in the you know, on Goodreads. No Dune. Well, we've done we've done Dune. So I let's still run through to that podcast. So that doesn't surprise me. I've put my I've put my I have put my foot in the down position. So let's update the list. All Dune. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifty Twilight. Shades of Grey and Twilight are those the only and any Star Trek novel? No, we can talk about Dune, but I don't want to read it again. Man, that hurts. I know. I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry. Fiftieth anniversary, Steve. Oh, is it? Well, I might have to revisit it. I might. Well, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to get my hands on the movie and the miniseries. Uh, you can skip the movie and go. No, to I want to watch the movie. You want to get your hands on it? Yeah. So right. I need to get my hands on that and um. And do that stuff, and and that way I can have a more rounded experience with it. I don't think I'm going to like it anymore. And and I didn't dislike it. I need to make that very clear. I didn't dislike Dune, but I feel like we've talked about it, and and we need to continue to move on. It, but it's not an off it's not an off limits topic. You can bring up Dune all you want to, Rod. Oh, it's going to happen every episode. Well, we'll, I'll sneak it in every episode. I promise you. mm Hmm. I, I got to say, too, it's been way too long since we played her. <laughs> American treasure, Steve. And Indeed. I don't think you celebrate her catalog like I do. I don't. I really should more <laughs> than I do. Hey, uh, well, we'll talk about that as we're winding down here and wrapping up. Um, so, anyway, uh, where were we? Oh, I was talk- I was complaining that you guys kind of take over. <laughs> <laughs> and then I took over. Who is you guys? That's right. That takes over. I'm just I here. I'm a bully. You know, quiet in the background. I know you completely disappeared. Then you come back out to smack someone upside the face with your ver with your verbiage, <laughs> with your words to hurt us with your words. So, but it's all right. We love you anyway. I still love you anyway. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad somebody does. <laughs> I try to, but she's trying to get rid of me. Oh man! All right, so you're a bad husband. That's why. Guys, final final thoughts, Nicole, on on the Princess Bride book, movie, or otherwise. Love the movie, liking the book so far. Mm-hmm. I will send the email to be read on the next podcast we do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that momentarily. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why it's funny. I just anyhow. <laughs> Uh, this is your chance to say it all, Nicole. What you got? Anything else? I just else? said it all. Yeah, that's, I that's love your, the movie. Okay. I am liking the book. That's your final thoughts on that? That is my final thoughts on that. I all can't right. say anything more. I'm not done with the book. Okay. All right. Rod? Um, I loved them both. First mm-hmm. time seeing the movie. And so enjoyed it. The live tweet was a blast for those of you who participated. Uh, if you didn't read this book, I think you should. It was a good one. Yeah. I... Uh, I I really int- I love the idea that it's set up with this narrative of a false life and a you know a fictional relationship to the story and and that he abridged it to to just tell the good parts and everything. I love that concept. This movie is the movie of the book to me is one of the greats of all time. I don't think it you know it, it as far as comedy and 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 spoofing goes, it doesn't get much better than than this um the quotability is there of course as we've talked about it's just it's good stuff good good stuff and uh 
And and it's a and it was a fun pick, guys. I think this is one of our funner picks that we've had since we started this thing. I, I dug the Martian. I still think so far. Uh, now I haven't read this, so it's not necessarily fair at this point. But I do think so far of the official Goliverse Reads books that we've had, the Martians probably right up there with with the favorites for me. Yeah, we had the Martian was great. Of course, Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. So and then uh, I'm trying to think, well, the one that will not be. The unmentionable. Yeah, Lord knows we don't want to get uh, don't want to get Nicole started again. <laughs> she dare mention that book. <laughs> the unmentionable book. The, the book that shall not be named. It that shall yeah. not be named. It's the Voldemort of the book club. That's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, that that's gonna that's gonna do it for us. Listen, if you want to chime in anytime we're doing the book club, number one, go to geekoutonline.com/reads. That'll take you to our Goodreads page where you can participate in the discussions about the books. You can uh, vote on what books we read next. You can suggest books, nominate books. And how many books should be nominated uh, in a thread, Nicole, by one person? One book per person. And do people need to second nominations in in the thread? No, they do not because all nominations will be added to the poll. All right. Unless it's Twilight. Oh, Twilight has got a permanent veto in in the thing. And Nicole would appreciate no more science fiction for a little bit. That is true. Can I read something new, you guys? Yes, please do. Well, I mean, after Ender's Game, because that's going to be January's book. All right. I have two months. I I promise I'll be done by January. I promise. Okay. Nicole, this is a good one. Now, what are you reading to us, Nicole? We're doing Ender's Game in January. Okay, all right. But you said you wanted to read something to us. Did I say I didn't want to read anything to you? Oh, okay. Guys. I didn't. Oh, then I misunderstood. No. no, that's what I heard. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. Uh, well, so, you guys have bad hearing. Oh, well, we got a lot of bad things, but <laughs> hearing's just <laughs> one. I mean, that was back to back right there. I had to go. <laughs> Next one, I'm gonna need you to have bad blood queued up because that's what's gonna happen next. Oh, (laughs) what in the world? Why? Just because I want to hear that one. Okay, or just because I want to hear that one. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, we won't be doing a Goliverse Reads episode until January again uh, because there's so much happening uh, between now and January. Holiday season's coming up. We've got uh, Derek Russell's going to be coming on Geek Out Loud to talk James Bond when Spectre drops next week. We've got Creed happening, and Derek's going to come on to talk Creed. We've got some Pass the Corn stuff with Eric. We've got a big Christmas show we're working on for Geek Out Loud. We've got The Force Awakens happening in December. So all kinds of crap going down. So to clear everything out, we're putting off Goldiverse Reads episodes until January. That gives you plenty of time to read Ender's Game so we can talk about it in January. And maybe we can get all the scheduling worked out so that we're, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes people think we're behind. We're getting bumped from Derek Russell? This is why Pablo needs to be played. Oh, Lord. All right. Well, listen. Hey, Derek Russell is, he's, he's going to bump us every time, Nicole. It is what it is. It is what it is. Email geekoutloud at geekoutonline at gmail.com. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. Tweet us at geekoutloud, at Goliverse Reads, at Rod underscore B underscore Johnson, at CO984Life. That's Nicole, class of 984Life. CO984Life. And uh, I'm at Steve Glosson, and of course, the entire Goliverse 
is represented 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 at Goliverse. Facebook.com slash geek out loud is the place on the face. We've got a gold poll up right now. Your favorite classic universal movie monster weigh in because the next Geek Out Loud later this week will be discussing that. Friday is a big day in the Goliverse as Rock Out Loud will be doing a live listen to Def Leppard's new self-titled album, which drops on Friday. So if you can be in the live chat, mixer.com slash Goliverse, please do so. We're going to have a good time, Kristen and myself, uh, checking out new music from Def Leppard and looking forward to that. Don't forget patreon.com slash geekoutloud if you want to support the show directly. The Amazon links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. You can buy gold shirts, Goliverse shirts available right now at geekoutonline.com slash shirts. Geekoutonline.com slash shirts and we thank everyone who's been buying those. Spread your love Fly the flag, man. Geek Out Loud apparel available at geekoutonline.com slash shirts. Audibletrial.com slash geekout, where you can go get your free trial and your free audiobook that's yours to keep when you head over that way. Ender's Game might be yours. That's what we're going to be talking about in January. That might be what you want to go after. And then after that, no more sci-fi for a little while, says Chris. says Nicole. Thanks to Wendy. thank you. Thanks to Wendy. Thanks to the Admiral. Thanks to Sarah, all for chiming in tonight, calling in. Rod, we were outnumbered by the ladies tonight. Very much so. That's a rare thing on a geek podcast, sir. I think that's a good thing, though. Hey, trend setting right here, Geek Out Loud. We do it best. We do it best. Rod, Nicole, thank you guys so much for all the hard work you do for this. It's always fun. It's always a joy. And I appreciate you guys more than you know. Thank you, Steve. That wraps us yeah, well, thank you. That wraps us up. Until next time, for Rod and Nicole, I'm Steve Gloss, and we'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud.